You know, church, it's amazing to me as we look around the nation right now and just seeing not only the devastating effects of this virus, we also see the panic and the fear and the terror that's taking place in the hearts of people. And what's interesting is we're seeing how people respond to a crisis and it reveals what's taking place already in their hearts. For some, they're turning to a bottle for refuge, but alcohol is not where we're supposed to turn. For some, they turn to food as a means of comfort, but food is not where you find ultimate peace. For some, they turn to friends or to family, and yet all people will eventually let us down. For some, they turn to social media, and yet it's there that we often find an increased amount of anxiety and fear in our own hearts. For some people, they turn to toilet paper, but we know ultimately that's not where we're supposed to be looking. You see, we're at a point in our nation right now in which people are looking for refuge. Where can I find safety? Where can I find protection? Where can I find hope? And we just saying exactly where it is found, and it is in Christ alone. He is the one we look to for refuge. And that is what we see the writer of Psalm 46 driving us to do is to look to the Lord for our refuge. Let me show you. Grab your Bible and turn with me to Psalm 46. Now, throughout this week, I've made preparations to continue our sermon series through the Gospel of Mark as a faith family through a sermon series called On the Move. And you can look in the message notes on the Westwood app in which you can see the notes are already there. But I'm going to wait on that sermon because as much as I had it done early this week, in the latter part of this week, I found my heart coming right to Psalm 46 wanting to take some time to study this just for my own heart and for my own soul. And as I was studying this, I sensed that the Spirit was like, this is where you need to lead your people this weekend. And so what I want to do with you now is let's take some time to look at this psalm, Psalm 46. It's interesting, the book of Psalms, it has 150 chapters. And each chapter is different and unique, but each of them are driving us ultimately to the Lord. He is the one we are to worship. Now, a psalm is a song. It's a poem. It's a prose. It is written uh, to be sung by God's people. Some of them are lamentations. They are moments of grief and weeping. It's amazing to me that the God who wrote this book is the one who identifies with our emotional pain. We see throughout the Psalms in time in which there are deep moments of darkness and depression in the heart of the writer. But then he'll pivot and say, but I'm looking to the Lord. The Lord is my hope. The Lord is the one who will give me strength. We see different Psalms that are uh, Psalms of, of celebration over what God has done. There are bold declarations over what God is going to do. There are also Psalms of remembrances in which we look back where God has been faithful. Well, what's interesting about Psalm 46 is that this psalm is probably surrounded by the circumstances that the people of Judah found themselves in in 2 Kings 18 and 19. In those two chapters, we see the nation of Assyria is moving its way south. It has already sacked the northern kingdom of Israel. They are now lined up outside the city walls of Jerusalem. 
In fact, the scripture points us to there were probably more than 200,000 soldiers outside of the Jerusalem walls. Now imagine for a minute, you're living there inside of the city and you are running to this city for refuge, for protection, for hopefully preservation of your life. And you look outside those walls and you see a vast sea of people, an army that wants to kill you. And when we get to Psalm 46, we see where the people were looking for refuge. Look with me at Psalm 46, beginning with verse 1. The scripture says, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid. Though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil. Here in the text, we see where we are to look when the world seems to be falling apart. And as we're looking at the text, I just want you to see this. If you're taking notes this morning, I just want you to see this. First is this, God is our refuge and strength. That's what we see right there in verse one. God is our refuge and strength. When Christy and I moved to Alabama in 2011, one thing I thought was peculiar were the number of tornado shelters I saw on people's properties and around their homes. You see, growing up in Kentucky, I always assumed that the tornadoes only took place in the Midwest and that tornado alley of Kansas, Texas, just all up in that area. But then I moved here and I realized, oh, Alabama is a tornado gathering place. And it it blows me away. In fact, every morning when I come to church uh, for work, I pass a tornado uh, shelter factory. And it's interesting seeing these, these pavilions, these places of refuge around people's homes. Why? It's because when the tornado comes, where do people go? They make a beeline to that shelter. They bring the family in and they shut the door and lock the hatch for protection and for safety. Well, you can imagine as the people of Judah are looking outside the Jerusalem walls and they're running together, trying to find safety, trying to find refuge. Here you and I are in a midst of a crisis that's taking place in our nation and world. The question is, where are you running? The Bible is driving you and driving me that we are not to run to anything or anyone else other than the Lord. We run to him for safety. In fact, verse one, that word for refuge, that literally means a storm shelter. It's where you go when trouble comes your way. You see, when you and I realize that our safety and protection is not found in money, It's not found in the stock market. It's not found in a government. It's not found in a military. It's not even found in our own health, but ultimately all of our safety and protection is found in the Lord. That is where we're gonna find true blessing. Well, see what we see here in the text in verses two and three is how the psalmist uses hyperbole. He uses exaggeration to describe worst case scenarios. What if the earth trembles, verse two? What if the mountains come crashing into the seas, verse two? What if water roars and foams like a tsunami or a flood, verse three? The writer's describing what's the worst possible thing that can happen? 
The strength and the might and the immovableness. And yes, that's a real word. You can look it up. And the size of the, of the Andes and of the Alps and of the Rocky Mountains. What if they just crumbled to dust or just fell into the sea? What happens then? God is our refuge. What if our government collapses? God is our refuge. What if there's chaos and anarchy? God is our refuge. What if there's a stock market crash? God is our refuge. What if war breaks out? God is our refuge. You see, the point of this text is that the worst thing that can happen to us is no cause for fear. God himself is with us and he is our refuge. Back in the 1500s, the church reformer Martin Luther studied Psalm 46 and he was compelled to write a hymn that has become a great uh, hymn of the faith called A Mighty Fortress Is Our God. And in this song, he describes the work of Satan, how he is our ancient foe who is armed with cruel hate. And though he threatens us, we will never fear. We will never tremble because Christ Jesus is the one who will one day take him down with a word. Beloved, Jesus is our ultimate refuge. We run to him for salvation. We run to Jesus for refuge. You see, there is something worse than the coronavirus. There is something that is worse than a tornado. There is something worse than war or a government or economy that collapses. And Jesus describes what that worst thing is as hell. It's a very real place. It's a very real reality for those who reject the gospel. But oh, the love of God. God shows his love for us in sending his son, Jesus who not only lived the perfect sinless life that you and I couldn't live, but Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He gladly and willingly and joyfully went to the cross where his blood was shed so that your sins could be forgiven. He died in your place. He received the full wrath and the punishment of God that was supposed to be towards us. He says, I'm gonna take your place. And he does so at the cross. And through his cross, he makes a way for you to be rescued, for you to find salvation, for you to find refuge on the last day, on the day in which all mankind will stand before God and give an account for our lives. You run to Jesus and that horrible day turns into a good day because you have Christ. He came to be your refuge. He came to be the one who would rescue you and save you on the last day. Beloved, wherever you're watching this or hearing this right now, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in him. Believe the gospel that Jesus came and died in your place so that you don't have to. In fact, he was buried, but he didn't stay dead. For on the third day, he comes back to life. He physically, bodily defeated death and he is risen and he defeated death. So too will all who put their refuge in him. When you run to Jesus, he is your storm shelter from the wrath of God. He is the one who keeps you safe. He is the one who will preserve and he will protect you until the end of time. Believe the gospel, trust in Christ, 
as we live in this day that is tumultuous and the world is panicking, they're looking for hope. Where can I be saved? Where can I make sure I make it? How will my family make it? The answer is Christ alone. So we see in verse one that ultimately Jesus is our refuge and our strength. But secondly, where do we turn when the world's falling apart? I want you to see number two, God is our helper. He's our helper. Verse one, God is a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Beloved, God is ready to help you, to be there for you, to give you strength and wisdom and grace. But you have to turn to him and ask. You have to cry out to him and say, oh God, I've got to have you. If you don't show up, this whole thing falls apart. Whatever it is, whether it's a marriage or a relationship or a health crisis or a financial situation that you're facing, when you come to this point of desperation and you cry out to God, that is where he shows himself faithful, that he will be your helper in your time of need. You see, the Lord loves to put his power and strength on display through weak people yielding themselves to him. You see, It's when you find yourself weak that God puts his power on display. One of the most common prayers I pray for myself as your pastor is, God, I can't do this. I can't. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I've got to have you. God, if you don't come through, this whole thing falls apart. And it's amazing that in those moments in which I say, God, I can't, that is when he shows himself strong. That's where he is my helper and he's your helper. He will give you strength and wisdom. He goes before you, he fights your battles, he protects you and you begin to see him work in your life when you cry out to him. But you know what I love right there in that verse, verse one, that word always. I love that word always. Some of your translations might say he's a very present help. This is so good. In which the Lord says, I am always faithful. I, you can trust me. I'll be there for you. I will be your helper when you cry out to me. But you see, you've got to realize that you're weak. You've got to realize that you can't before you cry out to God for him to be your helper. For some of you watching, your greatest hindrance to God being your helper is that you're too strong. You lean upon your own understanding. You trust your own strength. You trust your own wisdom. You trust your own experience. You trust your resume. You trust all the things that have, you've done in the past, thinking, well, I got it now. You see, those three words, I got this, those are dangerous words. It reveals self-sufficiency, pride. It says, if it is to be, it's up to me. And that's dangerous in your walk with the Lord. And possibly one of the reasons the Lord has brought this virus to our nation is to bring us to the point where we realize, I don't got this. Y'all, we are vulnerable, we are weak, and we are temporary. And for those who are trusting in their own self-sufficiency, those who are saying, I got this, the Lord is showing us, oh, no, you don't. You need me. 
I am the one who gives you life and breath. I am the one who woke you up this morning. I am the one who goes before you and protects you. I am the one who provides for you. I am the one who is working in billions of ways around the world that you don't see. You are only breathing because I said so. That's who the Lord is. And this text is reminding us that he is our helper. Apart from him, we can do nothing. You see, we need the Lord as our refuge, as our strength, as our helper in our time of need. And it's amazing how he comes to meet with us and he proves that he is our refuge. He proves that he is our strength. He proves that he is our helper who's always found in times of trouble and he does so through a bloodstained cross. Because there at the cross, God shows you, I will be your defender. I will be your savior. I will be your rescuer. You look to me and I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will protect you. And you will find refuge in me. You are mine both now and forever. So Kenneth, what are, what are you calling us to? Well, it's the impact point and it's this. Run to Jesus and be not afraid. Run to Jesus and be not afraid. I love that right there in verse two. Therefore, we will not be afraid. If you are fearful, if you are scared, if you have terror rising up in your heart, run to Jesus. He is your refuge. He is your strength. He is your helper and he will be with you always in your time of need. So what are you facing today? Right now, in right where you are located, in your business, on your couch, in your dining room, wherever you're watching right now, what is it deep in your heart that's bringing you fear and pain and difficulty? Would you right now bring it to the Lord? Would you say, God, I've got to have you. I want you to be my helper. I want you to be my strength. And I want you to be my refuge. And watch him move. You come before Jesus and say, God, would you move and watch him work. Jesus is your refuge. He's your helper. He is your strength. 